0: Today on news and views, uh, often in popular uh, journalism, you, you, you tend to use the two uh, interchangeably as if the CBDC is a cryptocurrency. What it gives you is is to have a
1: a singular uh, you know ledger which can maintain balance across every bank.
2: Right. So that it will lead to a sort of new monetary order, all of which is very important for countries. Right.
0: You are listening to News and Views, where we introduce you to some of the greatest minds across different fields through in-depth interviews. I'm Raghav Behl, and today we are talking about CBDCs, what they are and what they are not, and how they fit in the world of finance. You see, I've noticed uh, sometimes even in my own uh, newsroom that the terms cryptocurrency and central bank digital currency CBDC. These are used interchangeably. Maybe because of the fact that both of them are digital or because both have the term currency in their name or or maybe because we don't fully understand either of them. Therefore today let's simplify the world of CBDCs. This episode is a part of our series, Think Next with Raghav. I will be talking to Tanvi Ratna, founder and CEO, Policy 4.0, Siddharth Menon, the co-founder of Wazirx, Punith Agarwal, the founder of Coinex, and Praveen Chakravarti, a politician and a public intellectual. You can check out the first episode of Think Next on cryptocurrencies and other podcasts by The Quint on our website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Now, let's talk about CBDCs. So I'm going to swing straight into our first question. What I believe uh, is, again, a a, a somewhat uh, confusing equivalence that is being created between cryptocurrency and central bank digital currency, CBDCs. Uh, Often in popular uh, journalism, you you tend to use the two uh, interchangeably, as if the CBDC is a cryptocurrency. Uh, and I and I break my head with my colleagues saying, listen, just because both are digital does not make them equal. They're two very <laughs> different animals. CBDC <laughs> is really fiat currency on a digital ledger. That's it. It's not crypto. Uh, can you demystify that for us? And I'm going to start uh, from Praveen and end with Tanvi on this one.
3: Yeah. And, and actually, it's a very relevant and it's a great uh, topic for discussion. And you're absolutely right. Raghav. I think digitization is getting conflated with the idea of a currency. Um, so if the technologists and the engineers make their case for a crypto for, for cryptos, for a currency, on the argument that it is digitized and it is faster and more efficient and all of that, then you will always have a contesting force, which is a central bank will come and say, I'll do that. You know, I'll digitize the existing one. I'll make it more efficient. I'll make it faster. And it's all good. It's great. You know, at least you're pushing the central bank to to be more uh, agile and efficient. But the two are fundamentally different. One wants to be a currency, the other one wants to be a digital. So so, so the two are not even equal at all.
0: That's what I'm saying. They're really so different, but I'm amazed how in popular literature you use them interchangeably. Siddharth?
1: Yeah, I think uh, banks are, are used to handling cash right before the whole digital UPI era came. And during the UP era, you know, we were in the V1, the version one, where we, at least whenever there's a bank to bank transaction, there was one entity who's keeping track of all the transaction going between each and each other. Now, again, you know, the technology has evolved now taking advantage of, uh, you know, the the uh, open blockchain. What it gives you is is to have a, a singular, uh, you know, ledger which can maintain balance across every bank so from a centralized bank point of view you can directly see the 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 balances of you know different different accounts on on the blockchain and that's the possibility and you can also program it furthermore so it's just an advantage and i think it's just a medium of uh, you know uh, currency that is being evolved where before it was just a database change now it is being sort of this there's a digital transfer that is happening uh, in that. So I think it's, it's that's the biggest
0: difference. So Puneet, I'll, I'll just re- reword that question for you. If I want the efficiency of digital transactions, I now have the option of doing a central bank digital currency, which is backed by a sovereign. The rupees lying in my bank account or the dollars lying in my bank account, I can exchange for that CBDC. It has the same level of trust and guarantee that my uh, non-digital rupee has. Why should I bother uh, by taking the risk in a cryptocurrency,
1: if, you know, the, if the idea is just to transfer funds between one place to another, that still can be done with both CBDC and cryptocurrency, but I think the, uh, use case would matter in whether, so CBDCs can offer you maybe, uh, you know, like uh, stability, reliability, but cryptocurrency can offer you, you know, like independence and anonymity. So transferring the funds without revealing in your identity or making it a bit private. It totally depends on the use case how, of, of, you know, how you want to transfer it and why you want to transfer it. Uh, that's where people can choose in whether CBDCs or cryptocurrencies. But CBDCs are naturally, you know, like they're just a digital version of a country's currency that is issued by a central bank. Whereas uh, cryptocurrencies on its fundamental, you know, use case are to run blockchains and are to run, you know, like uh, different networks. and like provided- said,
0: I, think, I think the key word you used there was anonymity. I think that that's important. That yeah. I'm not being tracked by a central bank digital wallet. I can therefore transfer outside of that system. That comes down to uh, cryptocurrency has features which are very similar to cash transactions. Tanvi, i uh, give you the last word on this. Uh, that if I can do something in CBDC, then I have all the logistical and architectural and digital and speed advantages of, of cryptocurrency. What I don't have is that in a CBDC, I'm still within uh, the statutory architecture, the government architecture, the government to government architecture. but when i'm when I'm using crypto, I'm on a completely independent architecture. Is that the key difference and advantage or disadvantage, whichever way you want to look at it?
2: Yeah, so uh, you know'm I'm, I'm gonna answer your question, but then also flip it a little bit later. Uh, I think the as you said, I think I'm very glad that you've totally gotten on to the fact that these are entirely different trains, right? They're not going to the same station, right? Completely in, if you think of it as architecture, or in terms of the kind of future they're going towards, right? It is completely separate, right? So uh, yes, CBDC is a digitization of fiat money. But if you see internationally, that has very big repercussions for the way money moves and works, right? So it will lead to a sort of new monetary order, new rules in the monetary system, all of which is very important for countries, right? Well, if you see crypto, um, it's it's as um, Siddharth and Puneet have already said, right? It's about creating an independent system that can be trusted that can be more efficient that can be more innovative you know you know i used to be a national security analyst right so i think uh it's well known that offense is the best defense right so uh if you know it's crypto that has really spurred the whole revolution right and it's crypto that has always been ahead of the curve in terms of innovation, in terms of what new ideas it brings to market, because it's really an open source system, right? And I think, so central banks are uh, moving fast, you know, quite fast for government uh, speed. Uh, You know, they are talking about A unified payments ledger globally, they are talking about, you know, these kind of overarching systems coming up. But I think at the end, you know, it's the public that decides. It's like the market that decides. It's the adoption that we'll see in the future that'll decide these things. Because you've seen like in the case of China, you know, the government put so much backing into the digital yuan, but it's still not really able to replace... Uh, or really beat the adoption levels of uh, you know WeChat money or Alipay you know so um, you know it's people and it's their choices and all you can do I think even as governments you can make rules you can give people choices. I think I'll just uh, end with a quote from uh, Mr. Asbe who you know Dilip Asbe who's the chairman of NPCI and I was in a a conversation with him a few days ago and he said that you know what we're going to do is give the customer as many choices of robust systems as we can right and even we know like everyone knows in the government that it is about you know what people will choose right and I think that's the note that I would end it off on. I think that's,
0: that's that's absolutely the right note uh, as well I mean this is ultimately a choice that you I and billions of all of us will make, uh, provided, of course, there is a regulatory framework, which is, you know, leveling out the playing field, which is enforcing trust, or uh, all of those things, the crypto, uh, cryptocurrency still has a long way to go there. Uh, but remember, this is a huge new technology. And like with all new technologies, which have the ability to reshape existing orders, it's very early to say what the ultimate impact of this is going to be. But as long as there are going to be sensible people navigating the growth of this technology. Uh, you can be sure that the ultimate outcome will be positive. So on that note, I would like to thank all my uh, panelists for uh, uh, for a discussion on a very complex subject, on on something which uh, is difficult for uh, ordinary people like us to, to fully uh, understand. But I think we got uh, a sense of uh, where this could be heading and what the positives and the negatives and the pitfalls are. Thank you once again, and I hope you enjoyed this show. And that was this episode of News and Views on CBDCs. This episode was a part of our series, Think Next with Raghav. To check out more content from our series, Think Next, follow us on Instagram at The Quint, and do visit our website, thequint.com, for more groundbreaking reports and videos. This is Raghav Behel and I will see you next time. News and Views is a Quint Original Podcast executive produced by Shelly Walia and Ritu Kapoor. This episode was hosted by Raghav Behel, produced by Pratik Lidu and edited by Irana Ryan with theme music from BMG. And a special thanks to our guests Tanvi Ratna, Siddharth Menon, Puneet Agarwal and Praveen Chakravarti.
1: you were listening to the Quins podcast